Welcome to Life in the Valley. Um, this is a podcast of Valley Community Church, and today I'm with Jason Soderstrom, Matt Olson, um, Paul Ice, and we are continuing in this uh, Life in the Valley podcast to ask questions and discuss topics that we feel will help us move forward, help us grow. And I've got exciting news. Today's yes. topic is about money. Money. Yeah. You're so, the expert, aren't you, Paul? Yep. You have the most of it of all of us. I, I don't think that's true. How much money do you actually need, Paul? How much money do I need? <laughs> about just a little bit more than I have That's right how now. it is for me. I'm always looking at my bank account. I'm like, if I just had a little bit more, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> I started using just recently um, some of these new apps that you can use to track your money. And so it puts all, all your accounts into one place and you can start to track and at first, it's a little depressing. Oh, yeah. So You're it's like, depressing. that's all of my accounts together. <laughs> like, I'm, aren't I missing something? And then it, it, we've been building a budget. And, man, it's actually been a really positive thing for us, the building of the budget, because we've had to now steward where money goes. And one of the things, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, one of the areas that we didn't realize we were spending a lot of money is on our kids. Your kids just wipe money out of you. I mean, tell us a little bit about that, right? I mean, I thought as they get older, it would be less expensive. It's not. Yeah, they start heading off to college, and and then you want to, you know, when you become a grandparent, then you just kind of give it away. You just so it off. gets worse. I'm like, my kids are eight, five, and three, and I look at how much we spend on their grocery bill, and I'm like. Yeah, we'd be eating steak and lobster if it was just Molly and I. I <laughs> I don't recommend this. This is not part of the podcast. But uh, I did look at the category that if my once my kids move out, what money we will be saving. It was kind of exciting. It was kind of exciting. But you're telling me that's not going to happen. You're saying it's just going to be college and then grandkids. Yeah, every stage of life, I think you know we all live where. We need more. It, yeah. it seems like we're, we have financial pressure. I think it, most families have some sort of financial pressure. Yeah. And this it, is one of the most enjoyable subjects to talk about when you're a pastor or in church. Yeah, it's right. money, you know? Right. I was, when we were discussing this, like that message series, I, I was like, not me. Not me. Oh, you. You're like, you, you can preach on this. Yeah? And yeah. we were like, oh, yay. This, this, <laughs> oh, oh, preach on money. Yeah, I think, you know, why don't we? like talking about it. We don't want to be misunderstood. We don't want people to think we're after their money. But uh, Jesus was unashamed. I mean, you find throughout his teaching and throughout Paul's instruction in the New Testament and others that they're pretty pointed on it. And so it does play into the Christian faith, the Christian life and how we grow. And it is important. So if he if he covers it, we need to cover it. It's just a little more awkward. <laughs> well, and I think we're in a society, too, where it's been taken advantage of from a lot of yeah. Christian mm-hmm. preachers, televangelists, selling you things. Trying, feels like they're trying to get in your pocketbook, raise money to buy a jet so you can be closer to God, things like that. They kind uh, of go, oh, I don't, I don't know if I want to I think it's a that. very small percentage. Yeah. Uh, but it's no, it's loud. It. It's loud. Yeah, it's, it's loud. the loudest. It's very. Right. Yeah, you're right. right. It's not it's, most. Ninety nine point nine percent aren't doing that. But the point zero one percent kind of ruined the thought of talking about money. Yeah, and I think of all the years of being in ministry, and particularly in training for ministry, I, I wasn't around anyone that was going into that the ministry to make money, or or right. guys that are doing it presently are in it for making money. So it, it it's not, and you just want to be careful, but. 
to me, it's very exciting because it touches where Jesus is always going. Yep. He's always going for the heart. And yep. this is a quick way to get there. <laughs> so let's uh, jump into it um, in reference to that. And I think that we want to look at some practical questions, um, some things that we want to guard against and some things that we celebrate that, you know, God has for us. And in your message, you kind of talked about, you know, beginning with this, um, God's word speaking to the audience and speaking to us. So maybe the first thing, just jumping off, um, Jason, Matt, I'll jump in too. What are some passages that you've kind of gone to in the scripture that you think like these have really spoken to me that have really helped me with um, understanding what God has for money? And we can jump off from there and have some questions from that. Okay. So yeah, yeah Jason, why don't you I'll go take first? Up. So Second Corinthians 9 is one that I go to. 9, 6, and it says this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So there's this idea of almost a farming metaphor. If you throw a few seeds out, you're going to reap a very small harvest, but if you throw a lot of seeds out, you'll reap a large harvest. And then, then Paul turns it to giving, and he says, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. And I really like that because it goes back to what you were saying this Sunday is, Giving is a matter of the heart, not an actual action. God doesn't need our money. God has everything. He can, he can operate without us. He doesn't need us. But he goes, it's of your heart. So you have to decide in your heart what you should give. And it should be done under two things. It shouldn't be out of reluctancy or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. When you guys hear that word reluctancy or under compulsion, how do you think that plays out in giving? Yeah, it's probably the two common things we see um, in uh, ministry is either reluctance, like I want to make sure what I know what I'm getting into before I give, um, and I don't have the money to give, yeah. or compulsion of like people that have felt like there's a pressure to give, or God has a standard that I need to give, or I don't please Him. And those are probably two opposite ends of the spectrum that a lot of people um, struggle with. Yeah, I think it's a test of faith. Everything that, that it, we're challenged with in the scriptures is, is pushing us to trust in God. And this is no different than that. And I think of Philippians when Paul says, my God will supply everything you need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So he's saying, you don't need to worry, you trust me. But it's still hard yeah. to put my faith in that. Well, and I like the, the idea of it's a cheerful gift that God loves a cheerful giver because that means your heart is not bad. Like, Oh, I got to do this. It's no, it's yours. God, I love you. It's a, it's a response to God's grace and everything flows out of grace. Well, it's a response of two things. I think the first is a relationship with God, but then as you just pointed out an, an understanding, this is faith. Everything belongs to God. And we talk about that, you know, with our family and our kids, you're really giving back a portion of what God has given you. And I think that's where the idea of generosity can kind of turn. And that is I'm giving a portion of what I earned and what I, my sweat and, you know, my work has produced. And so it's mine. I'll choose what to give. And on Sunday, you were kind of getting to the heart of God says, actually, it's all from me. And so you're giving back a portion of what I've generously spent. Shared with you. Yeah. And to go on that, I think it, that view of money, because really what we're talking about here is that, oh, you need to give this, give this, give this. It's our view of money. 
Right. And so every dollar I spend should be out of thanksgiving that God's given it to me. My house, the food I eat, everything. That's why we thank God for our food. We're thanking him because He pro- he's the provider for everything. But in our culture, we don't. We kind of push back on that because we want to be the providers of everything versus God. I think one thing that's consistent through all of Scripture is when God tells us first fruits yeah. or give on the first mm-hmm. day of the week. That, because I think most people, if they were to take out a piece of paper and figure out their budget and then say, whatever we have left over, mm-hmm. we're going to give to God, there wouldn't be anything left over. Right. And, and I think that when, when he says, before you start planning anything else, or paying any bills or planning your vacations or anything else, first uh, you give to me. And I think that sets your heart in submission to his lordship overall. Mm-hmm. And it's an act of worship. And he has promised to take care of filling out the rest. And that, to me, it's hard for me to do. I think not necessarily this because it's become habit for me, but I think to submit to his lordship in areas of my life that I want to run. I, I want to make a decision. I, and, I, and I'm afraid God will not be as good to me as I can be good to myself. Mm-hmm. And that, that is such a misunderstanding because no one has the capacity to show goodness to me more than God. And so my verse that I point to that just jumps off of that, yes. I love this in Luke where it says, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And I think it's just a scripture that is referencing this is how you should think about generosity with God is you think that the term you can't outgive God. And I think that the, and you mentioned that on Sunday, this is what God will be in generosity to you if you surrender to him. And this is what it will look like. And it's not necessarily with American dollar bills, but what your life will look like is that it will be running over and poured into your lap and it will be such a good measure that he gives back to you. And what I love about this with generosity and tying those two together is no one loves you more like God and no one has, going back to two weeks ago, been more generous to you than God. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think too that when, when you talk about the, the generosity of God and how he pours out, when you see, mm-hmm. you know, when we work, we get paid, we work, we get paid, but then when you're, you're seeing God provide that that spilling over you're talking about mm-hmm. in ways that only God could do. Mm-hmm. To me, that just is such a, a a tremendous thing and a testimony to how He does things, and that's He that proves true every time that God blesses us in that way. Well, and it, isn't it the way God works? He works in the way of it's not you don't earn salvation, you don't work yeah. for it. In the our economy, we work mm-hmm. and we earn a paycheck. And even the giving economy, it doesn't work that way. We give a little, we give our little bit, and God abundantly blesses. He gives more, and it's yeah. like you said, not always more money, but it's even Paul goes on to say in that Second Corinthians verse that it's that it would give good work, and just don't we all want to be known for in our end of our days that we would be known for good work, not just that we had a lot of money. Yeah, you mentioned you know giving of your first fruits and seeing what God will do with it. And I remember when I was in my 20s, um, the first job I had had an opportunity for a 401k and then they had a matching program. 
And so they, you know, when I sat down with the financial planner, what should I do? And he said, first of all, you should maximize every dollar of that match. I'm like, okay, you know, so give to that. And then secondly, he said, let me just talk to you about compounding interest and what money does over time. And he showed me kind of a financial plan. And I think with God, he's like, one of the things the financial planner says is you should have it automatically taken out of your paycheck first before you even see anything you should have it automatically taken out and that was a big step for our own family um, because we had chosen okay we're going to give to god um, in our church in our local church and now i have financial planning and we're just getting started in life and it's like the paycheck i have left over after i've given to 401k and after I gave to taxes and then I gave to church is like how can I live on the rest of this don't you feel like that's the common fear when you surrender stuff to God is if I'm going to give to God first I'm a little nervous with what's left over and if it's going to actually supply my practical needs we're we're all three different stages in life yeah and I'll let you all guess which stage I'm in but over the last 40 plus years you know, Diane and I have not stockpiled a lot of money. Yeah. You know, we haven't gone into a profession where we make, make a lot of money. But I can tell you that God has blessed our family, our children, mm. our, our marriage, uh, and having the cars we need, the home, you know, immeasurably more than what my mm. faith has been. And to me, it just makes this more real because once you see it proven out, it's, yeah. it's hard when God says, okay, I want you to give, give it all to me and trust me. That's, a, that's not easy. But that when you see him prove mm-hmm. what he promised, it's just an amazing confirmation of his reality and his goodness. And I think especially to your, your children as they watch that. And I was going to say, maybe you guys throw in a few thoughts here. Is we hadn't talked about this, but there are biblical principles on how you steward your money. See, God gives us money, mm-hmm. and we're supposed to steward it. And it's not—it's not only just give to the church; right. it's steward it. And so there are practical ways. I think what holds people yeah. a lot back from actually stewarding to God first is well, they're like, "Oh, I don't know what's going to happen." Also, it's also kind of scary, <clears throat> and it takes a lot of responsibility to manage your money. To go to yeah. as a family go, we're not going to buy that right now, especially in a culture where we want it, we want it fast, we want to go into debt, we want to, we want everything. And so, I think for me, one thing, one principle that I've had to do is just how do I live on a budget? Or would you guys have any just like practical, just outside of giving, just practical life things of what does the Bible say about good use of money? How do you how do you use your money well? Yeah, I mean, you jumped into this, you know, just a second ago. And I love that, you know, you picked up on that, Jason, with um, you said it became a habit for you. And there are disciplines of Christian living where it, it, it is faith and it's all of grace, but God does have you take action steps. And this is one where there is an action step. And I think then that action step eventually turns to habit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what God does want to see. Yeah. And you said it shouldn't be reluctant. It should be cheerfully given. But I think then cheerfully given turns into a cheerful habit. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, we had an interesting conversation after I uh, preached this message. And Diane said to me, she said, you know, we, we do th- a lot of our giving automatically. We yeah. just, we, it's out of habit. And she said, I, th- I think that we need to be more engaged with it. And I think what habits are great, 
But if you're not thinking about this is an act of worship, it's an yes. act of obedience. We know that if we disregard God and his instruction on money, we can't really grow and we're not going to find God's blessing in our lives. But I think if we if we just do it automatically with no thought, then that's not good either. And so we talked about really being more intentional in our giving and looking for ways to give and even setting aside uh, margin in our finances yeah. to be able to respond you know, because we usually get, you know, 10% and then we do other missions things. and so, But we need to have something that gives us margin to be able to respond to, yeah. to needs that we're seeing out there. And I, I think that that's really, that, that's a joyful thing to be able to do. Well, I think the key word you use there, if you ask in practical yeah. application to this, um, that helps us. I think margin is the key word. So yeah. what Jill and I have done is we set an aside amount of money that we give and it is automatically taken out and goes regularly. Although since we look at the budget, we know it's coming up and that's, that's an important thing. If you give systematically in that way to continue it be a part of our worship, one of the ways that we engaged in doing that is we set, this is the money that we wanna give regularly to our local church because we believe that's what God teaches and that's where kind of our first fruits. But then we chose an amount above that and we call it discretionary gift. And so what that is, is every month we have an, an amount of money that we're going to give away, um, but it is however we choose to. So, um, and this is a little, our millions of followers now, I'm sharing with them a little bit more than Jill maybe would normally. But so um, last month that money went to um, the Global Partners Christmas. So we're like, hey, the church is asking, here's a project we want to go to. And so we're like, that was something we felt that our heart was to. And so we gave to that. In November, our local school um, is um, had a project that they were raising money for and they had a dinner for it. And we're like, hey, this is an area we can be generous to something that's important to our kids and education and what they're doing. And so we, that's a practical way, first fruits to God, but we just practically set aside, this is an additional, I think you called it an offering on Sunday maybe, or something, you know, the tithe and offering was what they saw in the Old Testament. If you don't do that, I think you won't have money to do it, yeah. you know? Well, and I think when you talk about this, one of the points I have is just, we're not asking people to be stupid, right? Like, we're not going, okay, yeah, you're going to go into debt. You're going to lose your house. Right. No, live in your means. I think that's yeah. a biblical, definitely a biblical teaching. Like Molly and I, every, I mean, we've had it tight lots of months. And I'll, I'll call, I call it our, uh, our, our freeze, our spending. I go, we're on budget cuts this month. Everything's yeah. frozen. Yes. Let's just, and let's build up so that we can be more generous. with. Yeah. And the goal is that we want to be able to give. And there is some idea of sacrifice. Like we're not going to buy that thing for our house. We're going to wait two months and delay the gratification because there's just a principle of actually living in our means. And so I think that's been helpful for me to budget my life out, to also be responsible with it, not just spend every dollar that comes in, actually save, put money in retirement. Because none of us are going, yeah, don't, don't care about your 401k. Don't care about your checking account, savings account. No. Manage it because God's entrusted you as the manager of yeah, your funds. Yeah. I think a lot of times we look at the scripture through the eyes of an individual and we think this is just to me and, and it is to you, but it's always given in a sense of community. So right. when, when the three of us are 
saying we have this money and what can we do to advance uh, the, God's kingdom and to glorify him, or if you have a brother or sister or a parent or your children or your wife. I think there's nothing that will pull our hearts together more than when we prayerfully consider how right. can we show the generosity of God. We're reflecting a generous God who get, has given to us a generous Christ. And, and remember that Jesus didn't have things on right. this earth, but he, he gave everything. And so I think that when we do that together as a church as or whatever relationships you have, I think it strengthens those and helps them grow. I think that's the two parts we end the podcast on. Number one, what does it look like when people not only individually do it, but they do it in community? Yeah. And I think it it does become a beautiful picture of what God wants his community to look like. Because together we can do more in unity. And it's the way that God's created the body. Yeah. you know. And he, he gave examples of that, that some people gave very little um, in monetary, but they gave a lot in proportion to what they had. Yeah. And God was able to bless and reproduce that. And some people have great means to be able to give. And when, and, and when you do it just in my own individual, you can think this isn't much, this isn't gonna make a difference. Or you can be proud and be like, man, this is a lot. God's gonna do great things with my money. I think when you put it in community, you start to see God do great things. It always makes me get incredibly emotional when I see someone that I know has very little money mm -hmm. give offering. And yeah. it made Jesus emotional too, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. The woman that gave the two copper yeah. coins. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, she gave more than anyone else gave. And she yeah. gave just out of, because it goes back to you can really see where the heart is. Yeah. 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 which is one what Jesus wants. But there's mm -hmm. also um, an aspect of I, hesitancy about this. I don't know. And you mentioned kind of some cautions that you're going to struggle to see God work or to grow. We see that, in, Jason, in practical world, right? Of like people that like, I'm going to put money first and I'm going to live for money. What's it look like? I mean, people all the time, you see celebrities, you see... NBA stars that have everything. They have all the money and we all want to be them. Mm -hmm. And then their life is falling apart. And then I go, I don't want to be that at all. Yeah. And it just, when you, Jesus is giving us clear example how to have a happy life, as you would say. And even the Sermon on the Mount, how you have a happy life is you don't live for money. You don't live for the things of this world because they always will leave you empty. And so I just see that it play out in our world today. I mean, so many people live for money and they end up yeah. so unsatisfied. Yeah. It's here and it's gone. Yep. And yeah. it's like the flowers that will fade and the grass that withers. And we need to be tying it to eternal treasures. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think that, you know, our, our takeaway is kind of it's, it's because God wants relationship with you. He's going for the heart. Right. And, you know, we said he doesn't actually need your money, right? He, mm -hmm. This is something he's calling you to do because he wants to see great things right. in your life. And part of that is a huge step of faith. Yeah. It's, but, and then in our world, we see it now. It's better to give, give than to receive. And Christmas is coming up and you feel that, don't you? Yeah. I love watching someone else open up my gift more than I do receiving a gift. And yeah. so God's just going... Take me at my word. Yeah. And when you give, you're that small joy you get at yeah. Christmas, you get every single week when you give yeah. 
give to him. And it's, that's why we're doing this series this season of Thanksgiving yeah. and Christmas. And I think just getting our hearts yes. and minds right. And can you imagine if every single believer would follow the instructions that Jesus has given and, and trust him, what that would do to, to their life, to their relationships, and to his church? It would be incredible. Yeah. So as we end, it seems like the easiest thing would be, so how much am I supposed to give then? Right? So just tell me. Like, what is it that God would be pleased with and how much? Because that's what I want to know. And it sounds like you're saying as we end, that's not the answer. The, a list and a rule and, you know, this law and you're good with God. Yeah. He loves a generous and he loves a cheerful. Yeah. And it, it should be regular, systematic, proportionate. It should be first fruits. It should be prayerful. And... You know, the, there's plenty of instruction of how to give, and then you've got to you've got to get in the Word and get on your knees before God, asking Him about this, which yeah. which is is really what He delights in, as you look into Him. And last, mm-hmm. then should be expectant. Yeah. Of like I believe this that God, you will give back in a good measure. Yeah. It, it's okay for us to do that, right? Yeah. To say, I'm going to take you at your word. And I'm going to look and see and expect God to yeah. do great things. Yes. And I would say if there's anyone reluctant that's listening, test it. Yeah. Give yeah. it three months. Give to God for three months and see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Have yeah. you done it? Because when I do it, I'm like, okay, you're right, God. Yeah. 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 He, right. yeah, he even says that. Test me. Prove me. Yes. <laughs> if I won't do that. If I don't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so great, there's not even room enough for you to receive it. All right. Live generously. Um, and live generously with the finances God has stewarded with you and already blessed you with. Thanks for joining us on Life in the Valley. You can follow this by uh, liking it, or also you can subscribe. You'll get the new ones out. It's also available on other places like Stitcher and I don't know wherever. Spotify, Apple Music. Stitcher, I've never heard of it. Yeah. Oh, Stitcher Radio. So... Join us wherever you can find us. We'll see you next time on Life in the Valley.